Hey friends, it's me, Carlo. I'm back. If I sound a little bit off today, it's because I've been fighting a cold for about four days. <laughs> One of those fun summer colds. No fever or anything else like that. Just clogged up and stuffy and foggy brain. But while, I, while I've been feeling that way, I uh, finally figured out how to edit this one pot, this one episode that I recorded a long time ago. I'll tell you about that in a minute. Um, what else? I just want to give you kind of an update what I've been up to. I've been working really hard to get myself ready to be, uh, to head out on my next adventure. I'm going to be gone this time for about four and a half months. I'm going to bring the, whatever equipment I can with me to try to keep recording on the road as I am inspired to do so. Um, and there's a lot of planning and logistics that goes along with all of that. So I will have more on that later. Um, I've been busy recording as many episodes as I can. So I have kind of an inventory of stuff to release along the way. So I don't always have to create new stuff while I'm gone. And I've been busy. I think I've, I finally, finally decided instead of going with a subscription only, uh, or subscription optional podcast episodes, I've decided to go back to my Substack idea and I've been, uh, posting and, uh, content there. And the stuff I've posted so far is subscription only. And I've, I've on that one, I, I put the price at five bucks a month and there's an annual price and then there's other stuff. So uh, if you like my book, if you like the stuff I've written and you want to support me, uh, support the stuff that I'm doing and my ideas, uh, that is a good way to do it. I'll have free stuff on there too. What I think I'm going to do is just take the show notes and additional ideas and inspiration that come from my interviews, post that stuff there for for anyone that wants uh, you know additional thoughts, if uh, if the transcripts are helpful, I might start putting some of that stuff on there as well. If you want to see the written written conversations or written things or whatever, but I'm gonna play with this and see what people like and what people want. So if you have an idea uh, of what would be helpful to have on there, let me know. And uh, so let's jump right in the next show, the next uh, introduction for the next episode because it's a, it's a long one. Uh, I recorded this episode more than a year ago. It was May of last year, and I had wanted to actually have a conversation with someone that was a, an expert in the field of uh, positive psychology. And I reached out on social media and asked, and my, my friend Annie said, hey, I know just the person. And she introduced me to Dr. Marsha McCartney, and Marsha was just amazing. We spent you know, over an hour talking together. She's a professor and teaches this and, and loves the field and had so much to talk about. And I was so sad when I went to uh, edit that one last year, there was a funky echo that made it just intolerable to listen to. I, I did everything I could. And again, that's part, part of the reason I want to have some revenue for uh, this project is I, I've been doing all this on my own. I'm not an expert at, at video editing and audio editing. And I was sad because, uh, you know, I was traveling and she was traveling. And then um, I didn't, I listened to it and I just didn't want to try to re-record it because it's a conversation and it would have felt so artificial to try to like recreate all the fun things that we talked about. And I know it wouldn't have been as thorough because my mind wouldn't have wanted to talk about those things again. So it, it, may, it would have been good, but it would have been different. And I liked it the way it was. And I would like to 
dive into some of the things further. But long story short is I, uh, I sat on it for a long time. And then I remembered my audio engineer friend, uh, Rich Harris, who's the guy who helped me edit my audiobook and the first several episodes of the podcast and, and taught me some of the basics so I could do this project on my own as a, as a startup. And so I reached back out to him and I was able to hire him to, uh, to, to go through those files and clean the, the echo up. Uh, I, I Googled it and looked on YouTube and watched videos and it was just beyond, <laughs> it was beyond what I can do right now. And so I, I paid him to do that, which uh, was just, an, you know, is an, is a, an expense. There's not really a, a revenue source to offset that against, but I like the episode so much. I, I did that. And uh, that was, again, that's a, that a reason I'd like to have some, some revenue from this project so I could pay some people to help me. Because the other thing is too, as I went through and it originally, it was well over an hour, like hour and 20 something minutes. And I cut, I think 15 minutes out of it. Uh, and it's still long. And I, I think there's so much good stuff in there that I decided to leave it the way it is, but it would be fun to have for these kind of episodes, an engineer or someone that could go through and then just make a 20 minute version, a highlight version if, if, if people like that kind of thing. But anyway, it is what it is. It's long. If you like it, you'll listen to it. And if you need to listen to it a couple pieces, um, I guess that's what you'll do. But I was so grateful for Marcia uh, for spending her spending the time with me to 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 go through and explain so many things I've been curious about for so long. And again, like I said, I recorded it last May, so there's references in there to you know COVID and things like that because we were just kind of coming out of all that stuff and things were sort of starting to normalize. But so some of those references are old, and that's why I was talking about that. And so that's what it is. So. Uh, with all that, let's jump in in uh, to this episode. So, thanks for joining me. Uh, you'll, uh, if you're again, if you're interested in the Substack, you can find a link for that on my Instagram page, and I'll try to put that into the uh, show notes as well. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm Carlo, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and this is my podcast. With this project, I want to explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose living the life we want, doing the things that light us up, things that make us feel like we're alive, growing, making a difference, and enjoying the process along the way. Welcome to It's the Journey. It's the journey, not the destination. This journey is about the process of learning, growing, helping, and waking up to who we are along the way. Let's explore the means, methods, tools, and examples of living on purpose, living the life we want, and doing the things that light us up. I'm your host, Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo, and welcome to It's the Journey. Okay, everybody, welcome back to It's the Journey. I'm super excited today to be chatting with Dr. Marsha McCartney, who is a professor of psychology at the University of Kansas. And what we're going to talk about is one of her areas of expertise. She teaches, she teaches a class on positive psychology. And for people who have been listening or anyone that's read my book, you know I've talked a lot about therapy and some of my experiences with that. And we've talked with therapists and we've talked with, you know, many of the guests have had their own 
experiences with it as a, as a valuable tool in their healing and growth. And over the years, I've heard about positive psychology and I've probably read little snippets about it on social media and things like that. But as, as, we, as we continue our way through this sometimes increasingly weird time that we're living in, I, I wanted to just see if we could find some more tools that would be helpful for us as, as we work through this to, to protect ourselves and help ourselves not only heal, but also maybe thrive and grow. And so that's what we're going to do today. So with all that, let's jump in and meet Dr. Marsha McCartney. Marsha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Carlo. Yeah, so I'm super excited to to jump into one of your uh, one of the fields or one of the one of the uh, areas that you teach and that you're excited and passionate about because I think I think right now people people need more tools and more ways to help themselves. Yeah, I, I would I would absolutely uh, agree with that. Um, yeah, and I think um, you know I I <clears throat> I really like positive psychology. I think. It's nice because it's a nice umbrella term for a lot of concepts in psychology that have been around for a long time. My areas of expertise, I have a PhD in educational psychology, um, so I know a lot about learning and development. Um, and I found uh, one of the things we know about learning is that the circumstances have to be just right in order for your brain to learn things. So you can't be hungry and expect to learn uh, optimally. You can't be you know, scared and expect to, to learn optimally. So I really like how that's kind of how I came to positive psychology was in thinking about my, my students and each college students and, uh, you know, what can I do to really make sure that they're learning in the best ways. So making sure that a lot of these concepts that um, positive psychology uh, embodies are present in my classroom and teaching students how to use those and having them, you know, uh, have that optimal learning experience. Yeah, that's that's I, w- I want to dive into that in just in just a minute, but like before we before we dive into some of that stuff, let's what is what would you say is like a, a good definition of positive psychology? Well, I'll pull from what other people have said. So a, a lot of it is traditional psychology tends to focus on what's wrong with people. Um, and positive psychology focuses on what's right with people. So it's it's about this idea of a lot of of you know, medicine and psychology and uh, all of this tends to focus on the disease model, um, fixing what's broken, while, while positive psychology focuses on, you know, what's, what's going well, what's, what's good in your life, what can we do to improve that, what's improving, what's growing, um, what's good. So that's, that's really in a nutshell what positive psychology is, is focusing on this, this idea of flourishing and thriving. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 resonates with me a lot and and we talked a little about a little a little bit about this before before we did our call here today but like whether it's healthcare or finance so much of the focus seems to be on you know, like not being sick or not being poor or like when I, I had knee surgery in 2010 and once once I could walk across the room the the PT folks were like okay you're good and I was like, but my knee doesn't feel right. Like, yeah, you're fine. I was <laughs> like, once I was like functional, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be optimal and that wasn't their job. So I had to go to a different, I had to go to a, a strength coach who also understood PT to, to go from 
functional. I could walk again to like, I want to be able to do certain physical things. So what you're saying resonates with me because like, yes, yes. So much of people go to therapy, I guess, sometimes just when there's a crisis or when they're having high levels of anxiety or fear, whatever. And that's absolutely important and needed. But this idea of how do we optimize our mental health is, is exciting. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, there's so much about what you just said that, that also resonates with me. Um, but, uh, yeah, like this idea of, I think there are things that we can do that are absolutely necessary in terms of fixing what's broken. So that's taking our lives from negative 10 to, to zero. Right. Um, and that's, there's a lot of, of research on that. There's a lot of focus on that. And uh, what we really want in positive psychology is to figure out what takes us from zero to positive 10. So, you know, it's this idea of what makes life worth, worth living, you know, and just, just because you have no negatives in your life doesn't automatically mean that you're happy. That's um, a pretty big misconception that I think a lot of people have. And they think, oh, well, you know, if I just had more money or if I just had the right relationship, um, I, I will finally be happy. And that's not necessarily what we find. Uh, that's not what the research tells us um, about uh, happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also, I mean, you look at the, the relative wealth in this country versus huge portions of the world. And you would, if, if, if that brought happiness, then, then we should be the happiest country on the planet, but we're not, you know, it's not it's, even it's, close. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but exactly. Like sometimes also there's the, there's that confusion between pleasure and happiness that, that if, if I'm only doing things that give me pleasure, then I will be happy. But sometimes the things that bring us joy are, are struggle even if it's struggling, like when you got your PhD, I'm sure there were a lot of times you're like, this is hard. <laughs> this is like writing. I can't, I've never written a dissertation. I've never done that. I can imagine that there's points where it wasn't quote fun, but it brought you a sense of satisfaction and joy from accomplishing it. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was hard. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, there was a lot of, of different hurdles that you just had to, to go through. But yeah, I mean, in the end, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm real proud of the work that I've done. Um, and I know that it, um, I was, I was doing it for, for a purpose. I had a purpose in mind. Um, and that, uh, can sometimes be more fulfilling than, yeah, just, just looking for pleasurable things. One of the things that I've been, you know, pondering or just thinking about is this concept of, um, you know, here we are, what, you know, the, the, the pandemic's been going on two plus years and this concept of self-care, which, you know, wasn't invented during the pandemic, but I keep seeing like almost like an abundance of self-care as like the answer. And that, that's why I think it was like, like I, I think I did, I did a, a solo podcast about this last week that it's like sometimes it's you know that that sometimes self-care is doing the hard things well, you know it's pushing ourselves is overcoming an, an objective like to, to to over you know anything big or worthwhile I don't know if that's the right if the right adjective but anything sometimes it's like significant that we want to accomplish in our lives whether it's becoming more healthy or or achieving some goal or doing something requires sometimes pushing ourselves past the point of 
of being comfortable or to, to, to being uncomfortable. And either we hire a coach to do that. Like if you're anyone that's played a sport, maybe hated their coach in some moments <laughs> because of things that they had to do or a teacher or a, a mentor or ourselves when we like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to stay awake anymore. But if I don't, if I study a little harder, then I'll get a better grade or I will, whatever it might be. But then there's a point where you push that so far that you can, it can become detrimental to our health. You know, it's so like, it's about finding that, that balance is, is a tough thing sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like the pandemic, um, like, I feel like this was all, these were all things that were happening before the pandemic as well. Um, but the pandemic has really zapped our willpower. Um, and so things that, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe it would have been easy to do kind of a, a moderately hard thing, uh, you know, or, or at least we had the, the, we had the motivation to do that moderately hard thing uh, before. And now in the pandemic, we're, we're zapped of, of that motivation to do that. Um, and now even, you know, relatively easy things or would have been easy things in the, in the before times um, are now really difficult for us to do. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly finding that in, in my own life as I'm like, okay, things are, you know, we're, we're normalizing the pandemic at this point. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm back in the classroom. I'm back with my students. You know, I'm uh, teaching like I've usually taught in the before times and it's, it's exhausting, you know, um, and I don't remember this level of exhaustion two years ago. So, right. yeah, I think that's, um, and I, and I, as I'm talking to, to friends, as I'm seeing the research that comes out about this, this is just, this is just where we are. So one of the things I do for my students is, you know, they're, they're undergraduates. Most of them are traditionally aged undergraduates. So um, they're, you know, figuring out how to be adults and figuring out how to navigate life. And so I tell them, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. If you need a mental health day, you need to take a mental health day. This is the time for them to understand that and how to incorporate that in their lives. So I really take that very seriously. And I mean, obviously I'm a psychology professor, so mental health should be uh, somewhat important anyway. But yeah, I really, I want, I want these students of mine to go out into the world and, and understand that sometimes life isn't okay and that's okay. You know, there, there are times to, to take a break and to not, not really try to strive for, for whatever they're striving for. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When, when to pause, what I found myself, whether it was, you know, now or, you know, pre pre pandemic with crazy things happening in our, in our politics or other parts of the world, sometimes it would be so overwhelming to me because we're not equipped and I love history. I think I told you this before. I love history. And so like the reason like dialects formed all over, all over the world is because people, you know, may have all spoken Latin, but, but they lived in an area where they never explored past a 40 mile point. So they talked to everybody that, and they spoke to everyone in their little version of Latin that turned into other languages over time. And so I, I found myself kind of thinking about that and going, okay, I need to, I need to sh shut off the New York Times and, and social media and think about like during the pandemic, there were days I'm like, today I'm going to eat more broccoli. That's something, <laughs> that's something I can control. I need more vegetables. I need more fiber. And I'm going to, I'm going to go for a walk. And like, what, 
and it's it and there's a it may part of me is like well you're being selfish and you should care about all the things that are happening and this and that and the other but there's a part of me is like i can't i can't control what's happening in washington dc or moscow or all these other places i can't control who's wearing a mask or not wearing a mask or all those things like what can i do to keep myself safe and and my kids and then that all of a sudden then kind of recharged my battery because i felt i actually accomplished something today i set out a goal to eat <laughs> to eat more fiber <laughs> and i did that and that felt great <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> drink drink however much water i was supposed to drink right um, right yeah so <clears throat> Like some of us are just like, yeah, yeah, taking control over what we can control. And yeah, and yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's really important because there is a lot of our lives that we can control. And if we, yeah, if we focus too much, you know, I, I obviously we're, we're more connected to each other and the world uh, than we've ever been before because of, you know, the internet and how easy everything is. Uh, but it also comes with some downsides of we, we know we have access to way more information than we've ever had before. And we're inundated with that, you know, um, we also know, you know, we have friends online that, um, you know, we haven't seen in years, but we get wrapped up in their, their, their lives, which can be a good thing, but also, you know, that's, that can be, um, uh, exhausting as well, depending on how much energy you have for that. And yeah, so, so I think, yeah, there's a delicate balance here over figuring out what we can control, um, and acknowledging that and, and doing what we can with that information, but then also being okay with the things that we can't control, like just sitting with that. And sometimes that's uncomfortable. We as humans don't like to be uncomfortable. Uh, we don't like to be unsure. We don't like uncertainty, but this is also a part of life. The most successful people that I know are the people who are able just to sit with it and say, yeah, this makes me uncomfortable. I'm uncertain about this. This, this is not a good feeling and that's okay. You know, not everything has to be, you know, a really good feeling in order for it to be, you know, worthy, I guess, of, of what, of our experiences. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you you know it, it kind of reminds me of what you're saying a little bit about like what like Buddhism teaches about attachments and impermanence. I think we get we get as humans we're so uncomfortable with change, but that's that's the only constant. Like that's the everything. Our our, our physical beings are shedding cells. <laughs> we're sitting here, and you know we're not we're not even physically the same thing we were seven years ago because all the atoms are gone and new ones are here and um but but when it comes upon us in ways you know from external sources which is constant it's scary one of the things i well in the news the news like the, the news likes to tell us that this is such and such is unprecedented and and <laughs> what what we're living through is was the norm for for people for centuries, you know, plagues and war and pain. And it doesn't like say, well, you shouldn't be stressed about it. But for, again, going back to like medieval, I've studied a lot about European history. So I think about medieval 
you know, Italy or Renaissance Italy and some of the towns that within one person's lifetime might have gone from one king to the French king to the Spanish king and back to this other local person. And and I thought I thought about this during the pandemic of like I was <laughs> if I was Carlo in 1500s Florence and I made bread, well, I would just keep making bread because, <laughs> because that's what I did. And it it didn't matter who the king was. At, at some level, I had to make bread to feed my family kind of a thing, you know? Um, and that goes back yeah, to like- well, and you know, I think we, we definitely, um, I kind of go back and forth on this. Like, I think we do have a responsibility to to, to understand at least broadly what's going on in the world and, mm-hmm. um, you know, try to try, try to, I think that makes us a, a more compassionate, uh, people, but also it can be way too much, you know, and we have to, uh, step back from that sometimes. And I know a lot of, a lot of people would be like, well, that's your privilege that you're able to step back from that. And it is, it absolutely is a privilege to be able to do that, but sometimes it is just what we need. So, um, I think it's important to to yeah acknowledge that it's privilege and then also acknowledge that 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 is also you know something that we need and that's just just as important. So making sure that yeah focusing on 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 the little thing. Yeah, it, there's not much I can do about the 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 war in in Ukraine right now, right? Like there's not much I personally can do about that. I can donate to some causes. Um, I kind of have been you know. I, I limit what I see from the news. So I try to keep up a little bit, but um, I don't get, you know, um, enmeshed in it. I just kind of have to keep living my life, which sounds selfish at some at some level, but also I, I have to, to be able to focus on the things that I can control and focusing on things that are out of my control or out of anybody, most people's control isn't, isn't good for us as, uh, as a population. Right. It doesn't... Like you said, it's, it's a balance, but like it doesn't help anybody in any part of the world for us to to make ourselves sick and paralyzed by just worrying and feeling perpetual sadness or anguish. That doesn't help anyone. I want to circle back to something you said at the very beginning about you know you can't. I forget exactly how you phrased it, but you you can't you know be seeking you know optimal mental health if you're hungry or scared. And I don't know if this derives from, but it reminds me of the little bit, I, I think I just took one psychology class, <laughs> but <the laughs> Mas, Maslow's hierarchy of needs really stuck in my head as something very fascinating. So that kind of reminds me of those lower lower levels of, of the pyramid. If you're if you don't have your basic mm-hmm. needs of met, then obviously you're not thinking about self-actualization, right? Is that? Right, yeah, some, yeah. And so hungry is an hungry hungry is sometimes an obvious one like someone that's literally has a food scarcity issue. Um, but something I've been thinking a lot about is that there's different kinds of hunger for you know of wanting you know more, and I think sometimes as Americans in this pursuit of this American dream we set ourselves up where we're perpetually, and I'm using air quotes that people can't see, hungry for that next thing, which, and I'm, I'm getting ready to retire from a 27 years career career as a financial planner. And I always thought if you just had enough money, then you wouldn't be hungry or scared of not having money. 
And I discovered that that wasn't always true. If, if you didn't know, if you didn't have this higher purpose, sometimes you, you would always, you'd be just as afraid at, at a very high level of wealth or income as someone who had no, no income. And I don't know like what, what, you know, what your thoughts are on that and maybe what some tools people might have to like find a sense of security by, by maybe recognizing their relative success. Yeah. So uh, what you're, you're describing here um, uh, is, is basically the, the hedonic treadmill effect. Um, and that is where we're just interested in this, uh, this pursuit of pleasure. And we just keep looking for the next pleasurable thing over and over and over again, thinking that that pleasurable thing is going to, to bring us happiness. And uh, it's a treadmill because it never really does. We never really like get closer to our goals of being uh, happier because we're just focused on this, this idea of, of just, just pleasure. And um, we want to, to make sure that, you know, we, we've got pleasure and that's, that's fantastic. You know, you've got this idea of, um, you know, oh, well, once I, you know, uh, yeah, once I'm, once I'm retired and I have more time, then that's when I'll finally be happy. You know, I don't have time to be happy right now. I don't have the money to be happy right now. I don't have the relation, like, we, we base it on all of these external things. And then once we get the thing, we're just like, oh, that didn't, that didn't do it. So, and that's, that's really, we need to be um, uh, thinking more about, uh, instead of just pleasure, thinking, you know, what about life is worth living for me? Like, what are, what are my unique strengths that I bring uh, to the world? You know, we're all unique human beings. We all have unique experiences, unique perspectives, unique strengths, values, um, and all of that can mean that we are contributing uniquely to the world. So honing in on that at an individual level can really help us to get past this idea of just the the pleasurable. Um, And then, you know, also, you know, thinking about this idea of, you know, what is our purpose in life? What are what are we doing? What are our goals? And, you know, thinking about those, not in terms of, well, once I get this amount of money or once I am married for this long or, or whatever those goals might be thinking more abstractly, thinking about the purpose. What are you, you know, what are you leaving behind? Uh, Once you leave this world, what is your legacy? And so thinking in terms of though, we find that um, when people have that as their focus, that tends to, to, to be a better recipe for happiness than just, you know, accumulating things. Um, we see this a lot um, in research on elderly people. They tend to get more happiness out of experiences rather than purchasing things. But uh, this can be really hard for some people to transition to uh, because if you spent your life getting happiness from accumulation and then suddenly accumulating things doesn't doesn't work anymore you don't know what to do to to change that you know so you you tend to just buy more and more and more right so you know i i do this a lot with chocolate that first bite of chocolate is delicious the second bite of chocolate pretty good but by you know the more you eat of it by the the 20th bite of chocolate it it ceases to be special right so you know, you can kind of think about life in that way. Like, yeah, what are the things that we can get that are, you know, this isn't to say that pleasurable things aren't worth worth it either. But uh, I think we tend to overestimate how much pleasure we get 
from certain things. Um, uh, and we need to focus more on things that are, are have more depth, I guess, than just that pleasurable moment. So oh, there's so many good things there. <laughs> I'm really excited about this because uh, I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of like <clears throat> you talked about, you know, how do you, how do you make a life that's worth living? What's our purpose? What are our goals? What is your legacy? I wish so badly that there was time spent on this, you know, in high school or even at younger ages for children. So they, when they got, when they got to 18, they had some tools to be thinking about this as they were getting ready to make a, a 40, 60, 80, $100,000 decision aside from like, you know, basic financial literacy that they should understand of like, why am I taking out this debt? But like, so, so many times it's like, well, I'm going to go into this career because I can make a lot of money. And that's what they think. They think they just, well, they look around and they grew up and they saw their parents working and doing all the things and making money and buying things and fixing things and taking care of whatever. And, and well, that's just must be what I'm supposed to do. Um, I got to pick a job where I can make money so I can go buy buy things. And we're not taught to think about our legacy or what is it? Why, why, why in this, <laughs> this, this little speck of a rock that's floating around in space, what, why the heck am I here? If I died, what would I want to have, you know, what, yeah, like I said, what, what, what is your legacy? So like, I think about that a lot. Like what, what, how, how would you help, uh, uh, you know, and maybe you talk about this in your class, but like, you know, if, if, if how would you help a, a young person or anyone in their life think about that to maybe redefine their, their life going forward? Cause I guess yeah, it doesn't matter if you're 18 or, or 80, you, you've got your whole life ahead of you, whatever, whatever's left. So. Yeah. And, um, I, um, uh, I think I'm, I'm borrowing this example from, from Sean Acor, um, uh, who's a positive psychologist. Um, but, uh, he talks about, um, you know, you can, you can be, you can find meaning in any job, you know, let's say you're a, a janitor at an elementary school. Well, you might just, you know, think about your job as you empty the trash every day and you mop and you clean up messes. Um, or you might, you know, think about your job as, um, you are creating a, a clean and clutter-free experience for children so that that way they can come to class and have this lovely support of having this um, very nice environment to learn in. Um, and those two perspectives are, are the difference between, you know, finding meaning in, in whatever job you have. So thinking um, one of the exercises that I have my students do is uh, for whatever job that they're doing, a lot of students have part-time jobs or they volunteer, or sometimes they're just full-time students, you know, that's, that's a job in and of itself. But to think, um, instead of writing a job description, uh, write a calling description. How can you re-evaluate um, uh, what you're doing right now um, as a calling? Um, and thinking about uh, that idea of, of, you know, where we where we need to go next with that. So I, I really think that this idea of, I see it, you know, and, and to your point about, you know, making, making money, students think, okay, I gotta, I gotta make, I gotta make money. This is why I'm in college. And, you know, you're accumulating a, a massive amount of debt for this college experience. And I think we also have students 
right now who very much remember 2008 and the financial crash that happened then. And so they are very aware that, you know, that English degree, you know, probably isn't going to get me a good paying job. I need a business degree. That's where the money is, is in the business. So we see, we're seeing business majors, students enrolling in business schools, just skyrocketing, skyrocketing, which is, you know, which is, which is fine. But we also need to think, you know, if, if, if you are preparing yourself for a job that doesn't match your virtues, doesn't match your values, doesn't match your strengths, you're not going to be happy. And it's not worth, you know, and, and some people are like, well, I'm going to make the money. And that's, that's what, that's what matters, right? That's what's going to make me happy. And as I've said, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily always work out. But uh, what we, what we really, you know, want to see is, is this idea that you're picking things that um, are going to be a good match for you and, um, you know, strengths and, uh, you know, interests and motivations, because we spend a ridiculous amount of time at work. You know, I mean, 40 hours, eight hours, eight hours a day, right during during the week. And that's increasing. Like we we are all so connected to our jobs. We've got phones with work emails on them. We don't step away very easily. So we've got 24 hours. We should be sleeping eight hours. I know most of us don't. We should. Um, Right. A lot of research about how important sleep is. But then you're spending eight hours working, 10 hours working. You've got a couple hours of commuting. And then you've got, what, a couple hours in the evening that is yours? That's Mm -hmm. not worth it. That is not worth it. You have to find a career, a job that 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 brings you some amount of of meaning because if you don't you're just it's not going to be a good experience for you um and it's not going to be a good experience for the people around you either so it's really important to make sure that we are um, and I'm not saying that you can't you know do this with a business degree you absolutely can uh, but you can also do this with you know a history degree or or whatever like there are there are a multitude of ways to figure out how, uh, and there's, there's new jobs being born all the time as well. Like we can find, trying to find this, uh, this, this calling that we need uh, to get through the day is what's going to make, uh, is what's going to really help make our lives better as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know how, how this fits in, but like sometimes it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know what, if, you know, there's, I know there's like, there's a, always the impact of like, how you were raised and what's going on in society. But like, I think, you know, there's so much pressure on kids with high school. Like you got to do this and this and this and this to get into the right college. And then when you get in college, it's just work, 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 work to go get a job. And uh, there's, I think sometimes people get out of college and like, okay, I've gone, I've, I've borrowed this much money and I've worked hard since I was 14 and joined all these clubs. So I got into this college and I got into this college and I borrowed all the money and ta-da, you know, here I am. Like, but really like that's when it begins. Like that's when the work really, you don't really learn how to be, I didn't learn how to be a financial planner in college. I was hours and hours and hours of unpaid work in reading and studying post-college for 15 years that really allowed me to, to master my profession. And they don't tell you that. So then you get out of school and sometimes 20 year olds are already burnt out. They're just burned out from eight, nine years of, of that. And then there's this idea that like I did all this stuff, now's the time for the payoff. 
And I think about, because I've got kids get entering college and we watch, we like to travel. And my son and I have been, you know, we watch a lot of Rick Steves. <laughs> Rick Steves travel. I love Rick Steves. I love Rick he's Steves. The, I, got some Rick, I got Rick Steves over there. So <laughs> He's the best. So like, you yeah. see, have you seen any of his old videos where he's like kind of a hippie and he's got like a van full of people? And I showed my son that. I'm like, you know, he studied art history. He studied European history. And he liked to travel to Europe. And he just started taking small groups of people over and just just did it. And I'm sure, you know, now you look at him, he's like, he's got books for 40 countries and tours. It it was probably really hard for a while. And I don't know if he had rich people, parents helping him or anything like that, but he still had to work for a lot of years before he was the Rick Steves that we know. But you look at the videos of it and he looks like he's having a blast and living, living in, he talked about living in like, kind of like this, he talks about being hippies, you know, like living in tents and stuff like that. And um, sometimes I think it's a matter of like, well, what are you willing to sacrifice? But I think sometimes kids come out of school and they're already feel like they've been sacrificing for eight or nine years and they're ready for the reward. And I don't know how you. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, we see, there's just so much there. Um, there, we see this this idea of sacrifice, and it, it shouldn't be about sacrifice. It should be I want to work hard because this is interesting, and this is you know this has this is this is fun. Maybe you know in Rick Steves' yeah. you know experience, you know, like in you know we tricking tricking ourselves into to um, to working hard because something is fun is is actually just that's just motivation, you know. And I think. Um, you know, thinking about how we need to approach our lives to, to find it's, it's, we can change our, like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, Rick Steves could be a miserable person doing all of this stuff, but he, he chooses to make it fun. He chooses to, to do all of, of this really cool stuff. So it's really, um, you know, it's, it's about, uh, making sure that you're, you're able to find something that's motivating, um, and interesting to, to you. So, I think yeah. that's just such an so important concept that, you know, we need, we need to teach that in high school. We need to teach it in college. Um, we need to, to think about a lot of this stuff. That, that hits on a point. That, that, I think that's the reason um, I reached out to you because I was thinking about this, this, this concept of choice of like, we choose, we choose, well, during the pandemic, <laughs> like, you know, the first months when I was, I was annoyed and frustrated. And when I say during the pandemic, during the like lockdown period of it, I was, you know, annoyed by all the things I couldn't do and the friends I couldn't see and the, and all and on and on and on. And then I, the, the part of, there's that planner part of my brain that likes to quantify. And so I started counting, well, I don't have to drive to work anymore. I don't have to drive my son to school and I don't, here's all the things I don't have to do. And then I tallied up all the hours of driving and things I couldn't do. And I, I calculated I had like 500 additional free hours during the course of the coming year. <laughs> and I like dove into this, this very project and I finished my book and I got my book published and all this. And I, and I kept having people in my life saying, well, just how do you have time for that? You know, what, you, you know, as if I were like stealing from somebody, and I'm like, well, I've, I, you know, I don't watch TV. I don't, 
you know, there's a lot of things I watch some TV, but I don't watch very much TV. And I, I'm like, I, and I've got, I've got all these hours free. And so I'm using those to, to do things I'm excited about. And this person was like, well, I guess I could do that, but I just choose not to. So, but this was, kind of person was kind of like almost accusatory of me. Like I was like, he caught me stealing something. And, and it got me thinking like, when is, we're saying that it is our choice and we can say that can say that to ourselves like i know sometimes when i and i just need to rest or whatever i do stuff and then there's a point where i'm like okay that's a little bit you've been you've been playing too many video games time to get up off the couch and, and go read a book or do this and i can like push myself and it's a choice to stop doing something that feels very fun and pleasurable to pushing myself and i've seen, I, I i've had some discussions with friends about when when is that toxic positivity? It's like, oh, it's 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 not a choice. You're 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 making it sound so easy. It's it's not a choice. Not everybody can do that. Or, but there's a time in, when when things are so hard that if you choose not to do certain things, that can mean life or death. You know, living through living through really really horrible circumstances. Sometimes we have to choose to. And I've never. I've never been in that situation, but I've read a lot about that. So like, where, where is that, where is that, that, that delineation on this of, of when it's, when we're, when we're pushing ourselves and, and when is it, when does it become toxic, I guess? Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a really interesting question. And I think, um, we have definitely, um, definitely in the, the U.S., um, if not in most of Western culture, this idea that we need to grin and bear it, you know, we need to, you know, yeah, I mean, your example is fantastic. You used the pandemic and you you wrote a book, like, that's fantastic. I used the pandemic and I just survived it, you know, like, I didn't, right. I didn't produce anything. That was all I could do, you know, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and both of those things are are absolutely fine. You know, there should be, you know, the, the greatest, um, what, what is it? The, the enemy of, 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 of happiness is, is this idea of social comparison, right? Like yes, yes. what works for you is not going to work for me. Um, so yeah, I think, um, uh, we need to get away from this social comparison. I, you know, and, and I mean, things like Facebook and Instagram, uh, these, these, all of these things make social comparison so much easier than it used to be. So it's right. Uh, and, and, and we need to remember that that is not going to make you happy. So, uh, but yeah, this, this idea of, of this toxic positivity where we just need to be happy. And, and if we aren't happy, we need to pretend to be happy. Um, that is not healthy. That is not healthy at all. Um, and, you know, I, I, one of the misconceptions about positive psychology um, is, is that um, it's, it's only about happiness. We're only focusing on happiness. And, and no, what we're actually focusing on is the full range of human emotion. Um, negative emotions have a place in our lives. We need to feel fear sometimes. If you meet a bear in the woods, you need to be afraid. Like you can't, right? Like you can't yeah. be like, oh, well, I'll just be happy about this and, you know, hope it turns. No, you need to run. Um, so, uh, yeah, like we need to, we need negative emotions in our lives. Um, they have a place. They have a purpose. Um, it's not just, you know, an evolutionary, uh, you know, artifact that is in our brains. No, we, we have a place. We need uh, we, we need these negative emotions. Um, but 
we also need positive emotions and we need to understand their, their place in our lives. So that's what uh, positive, positive psychology has kind of given us is this idea that uh, we are, we are a whole full spectrums of people and that we need to, to, to accept that and understand that and uh, really be, you know, focus in on that because, and, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked, you know, earlier and you, you talked about Buddhism and this idea of acceptance and, and yeah, we need to accept that the negative emotions are going to come. There's going to be times when you're sad. There's going to be times when you're angry. All of those are, are, are fine emotions. Like that is emotions aren't good or bad. They are, they just are. Mm -hmm. Um, and accepting that and, um, and, and being okay with that is, is really important. So yeah, this, this idea that, that positive psychology is, well, Seligman, uh, Martin Seligman said at one point that it's not happyology. Like it's not just yeah. this yeah. idea of, of happy, happy, happy all the time, time, time. No, it's not. It, it needs to be, life is a balance. Life is a beautiful balance um, of, of all of these things. And we need to, positive psych, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but this idea that, um, you know, we need to, to experience all of that and accept all of that because that is part of what makes us unique and human. Okay. That's, su that's a super helpful framework for me that it's, it's not, it's not about just promoting happiness and like, you know, you, you, yeah, be, being grinning and like grinning and bearing is a perfect example, but like, like, cause like, you know, sometimes when we're working to achieve whatever it is we're trying to do, whether it's just survive or just get through the day or get through uh, a tough workout, we may not be happy or joyful in the moment, but we have something inside of us is pushing us to push through that. And I think sometimes people were so worn down and we're so drained from all the things we've been talking about, all the, all the social pressures and comparisons and the news and const news constantly reminding us of how many you open up the times. And it's like, well, here's how many people died from COVID today. And is it up or down or is your state trending this way or that way? And it's not, we're so drained from that. <laughs> a perfect personal example, you know, there, I went through, you know, one of the things I wrote about in my book is I went through a four year period where all my parents died, my mom, my dad, my stepdad, and I got divorced in that time period. And there were times there was a piece of myself saying, you know, you should do this or you're going to get past this or whatever. And the other, I was just like, shut up. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I, I, and I think sometimes people that were so, were so worn down that something I might not even post, like something I see as like, wow, that's really motivational. I see someone write a post 30 times as long about how toxic it is. And it's of course, you know, I guess the, the, there, there, there's some shadow in there or whatever it might be. <laughs> Another, you, you and your colleagues could explain it better than me <laughs> for what they're, what they're reacting to. But I understand. So like, there is that if you keep just telling somebody to fake it till you make it and grin and bear it, that's what's really toxic. You you need to we need to feel our feelings and good or bad, but but at the same time sometimes we have to just there's no choice of pushing through something sometimes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, 
I'm, I'm talking about this and in, in like, like it's easy. Like, yeah, feel your feelings. Yeah. Like just, just, yeah. Feel that anger, accept the anger, accept the sadness. And that's hard. That's really hard sometimes, especially because we've been socialized to not do that. You know, um, you know, we, we, you know, we, we talk about, um, there's, there's also, there's social expectations of, of emotions. There's also gendered expectations of emotions. You know, it's it's more appropriate for a man to be angry than it is for a woman to be angry, um, and, and especially like how that anger is expressed. And and so, uh, you know, we we need to to be okay with like whatever whatever you're feeling is is okay. And uh, you know, and 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 I personally think a lot of people have have um, a lot of problems with that, like a, a lot of issues surrounding that. And, um, you know, that's where, where things like, um, you know, different types of therapies and, and books and, and things can help us kind of work through that and accept that. Um, uh, I, I personally, um, do a lot of meditation. I, uh, do a, a loving kindness medication meditation that I really enjoy. It's a, it's a, it's based in Buddhism and, um, it's, it's really helpful to kind of help you live uh, in the moment and accept what's happening in the moment. Um, and that's, uh, that's really, really important. We, we see meditation can really help people, uh, to, to reframe how they're feeling and how they approach, uh, the, the myriad of emotions that we all feel. So I think that's, um, what, one of the tools in my toolbox that I use quite a bit. Um, so, uh, I think that's, finding something like that. Um, meditation works for a lot of people. It may not work for everybody, right? So finding those things that can help you manage that, uh, that, that emotion, the emotions that we have, um, is really important. No, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up, that meditation, because I've, I've, I haven't, my, my practice recently has been off, but there's been a period of times where I did it very, very much, very, it was very, I was very ritualistic in terms of that I did it every day and it was very, very helpful. And one of the things that was, was most helpful about it was being able to like step back and look at whatever those thoughts were, look at the emotions versus looking through them in that subjective experience, which other authors, I don't even remember now, but authors talk about <clears throat> with enough time, Sometimes the our worst day in the world can become like the funniest story. You won't believe this thing that happened to me, and you're laughing about this ridiculous time you lost your keys and they fell or whatever. And just and you know, I think it's Tony Robbins that talked about that. He's like, well, what's what's funny about you know what this now or like you're just try, trying to like trying to like separate yourself from this moment. Like, well, what what could be good about this or what 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 might be funny about this and just trying to like separate yourself from it in the moment to like let go of whatever it is that's digging into your heart and your mind um, uh, or just, just recognizing you're, you're aware of those, you're aware of that sadness and therefore you're not, it's not actually you. It's just, a, it's a passing state. Uh, and yeah, I think med yeah, meditation is just super good for that. Like it, it really, well, and I mean, we look, I mean, we've done very, I don't know. I, I should also, I guess, point out that positive psychology is like it is. It is about research. It is about empirically looking at you know these concepts. So it's not just woo woo self help stuff. It is actual like based in research. And we can look at meditation uh, from. We can study it as a researcher. Um, and what we find with meditation is that we can see like 
you know, actual qualitative changes in the brain from people who meditate regularly. Their brains actually are different. So, um, you know, I, I, I meditate every day and um, I don't necessarily feel great every single day after my meditation. Um, but because I'm a, because I'm a researcher, because I'm a psychologist, I'm just like, okay, but it's, it's doing something in my brain. Even if I don't, you know, feel it right now, those changes are happening. So I think, um, meditation can be a really powerful tool, uh, for people to, to, you know, yeah, reevaluate what's happening right now. But also over time, we, we, we can see these definite shifts in how your brain processes, uh, uh, you know, your experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's very good. It's very similar to like exercise, you know, if you exercise once, it's not going to change your life. And if you do exercise regularly, you are going to feel great every day. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> but over time, yeah, it, it, it impacts our bodies and health. So that, so that's great. So we've talked about kind of like thinking about your life in terms of like, what's your purpose? We've talked about, you know, you know, people thinking about, well, what's my meaning and why am I here? And now meditation is like another tool. Are there, are there some other tools that like in your class you want your students to, to walk away with of like, of like kind of a tool in their toolbox um, as they go through life? I have, I have, I have a million tools. Um, okay. So what, are, what are your top so three? Much. Um, one of the <laughs> things that uh, is really nice about teaching a class um, like this is um I can make students do stuff because I can just assign it and then they just have to do it, you know, but you know, if I just in, in life go to a friend and say, you need to meditate every day for five days, they're going to be like, no, but I can make my students do that. And most of them, you know, excuse me, a lot of them um, will say, I, I ask them to ref- give me reflections on these little activities. So we do activities um, uh, with every module uh, because in in positive psychology, I can very easily tell people to go try these positive psychology interventions. And in other psychology classes, I can't say, "Hey, go go be a schizophrenic for a day." Right? Right. Um, that's that's not good. Uh, don't do that. Uh, but <laughs> with positive psychology, I can I can do that. So um, you know, I I have my students. I don't know if it's three days or five days, but they have to meditate every day. Um, and then they have to write a reflection about it. And the number of students who say, I a, have never tried meditation before and I didn't want to, um, or I tried meditation and hated it before. Um, you know, and I give them like all of these different types of meditations they can do, right? Do a walking meditation, do a loving kindness meditation, do, you know, it doesn't all just have to be like sitting in silence and, and, you know, going om, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's, one kind. Um, but the number of students who come back, I'm just like, well, that was just amazing. That was the thing that I'm walking away with the most. So I think you can't just try things once you have to try them multiple times. And just sometimes you just have to understand that, yeah, things are happening, even if you aren't getting like that instant gratification. So yeah, so meditation, um, and, and mindfulness, this idea meditation is, one way to practice kind of mindfulness, uh, but uh, mindfulness is so important. The ability to live in the moment, but it's a great way to to manage, you know, what's what's going on around you. Um, uh, another um, activity that I have them do, and I've stolen these from all different other places. Um, I, I I don't have any original ideas, um, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, uh, one of the the first things they do is um, they have to 
sketch out a beautiful day for them. Um, uh-huh. And it doesn't have to be a perfect day. It doesn't have to be, you know, it, it has to be a, a, a beautiful day that they can live right now. Um, and I, I give them the example, like, yeah, I would love to be in Tahiti with a drink in my hand. Like that sounds like a, a, a beautiful day, but I can't do that right now. What can I do? So I had them sketch out this beautiful day. Um, and it might include things like I'm going to read a book for an hour. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to, you know, make sure my kitchen is clean. Like all of these things that they can do that just make, make a beautiful day. I'm going to, I'm going to work out, right? Whatever they want to do. And then they have to try to live it. Um, and a lot of them walk away from that saying, wow, like it was actually a lot easier to incorporate these things that give me just a little bit of, of, of joy, you know, and maybe I should do that more often. So, uh, they walk away with, with that. Um, uh, we talk, we talk a lot about like how to take care of your body. Um, and, and this idea of health psychology, which is just so important, right? Like we have to, to be aware of, you know, what we're, what we're doing to our, our physical, our physical body and our brain are connected. Like we can't, we can't affect our, our, we can't mistreat our physical body and expect our brain to not also be mistreated. Uh, so, uh, you know, doing things like, yeah, getting enough sleep. I, I give them assignment of, of five days. They have to get eight hours of sleep. Um, and you know, I get, I get students who come back and they're just like, man, I, I woke up at 8 a.m. and I wasn't tired. I, I didn't have to take a nap. I, I had the energy to go to the gym. And I'm like, yeah, sleep is important, you know? Um, so so thinking about how how we're just we're just all very everything is connected and we just have to really we can't, you know, go to the gym, you know, like once and we can't like eat a vegetable once. We have to, you know, or or, or you know, think it think, you know, a, a good thought once. Like we have to make it, you know, we have to take care of all parts of our body, which is somewhat overwhelming, but also it doesn't take a lot to, to, to maintain this. Like it's, it's, it doesn't take much. So yeah, but I, I, I think there's just a ton of different things you can do. Um, uh, there's a book uh, called the how a happiness that is just full of, it's kind of an old book at this point, but, um, it's, is just full of these little interventions that you can do that, are, you know, have our research backed to show that, you know, these little interventions are things that you can do to, to maybe help with some of this stuff, to retrain your brain, to, to focus on the positive. So I, I like, and what's really nice about that book is it gives you a ton of different things that you can do. Some things are going to be, yeah, that's my jam. Some things are going to be no, I'm not going to try that. That has no interest for me. And all of that's okay. The, the important thing is, is that you're trying it and you're thinking about it. Um, but, but all of these activities that I'm talking about, what they're doing is they're just, you know, I, I spoke about meditation and how it can kind of uh, qualitatively change your brain. That's what we're doing with all of this is we are, we are retraining our brains to focus on the positive, to focus on uh, what's good in life. Um, and this is, this is called neuroplasticity. Um, but uh, what we're what we we used to think that the brain didn't change. Like the brain is is what we have. Our you know our, our genes are what we have. Like that's it. But that's not true. Like our brain doesn't stop changing. And and doing things like practicing old skills or learning new skills. Every time we do that, the neural connections in our brain are strengthened, and we're able to 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 
do new things and um, have new um, new opportunities to to learn and and get better at things. So I think that's a really that's hard to to understand um, sometimes is is that oh this doesn't I'm not locked in to my genetic code I'm not locked in to my brain as it is like all of this can can change all of this is malleable right oh there's so many fun things there I, I love this this idea of like sketching out yeah sketching out a beautiful day and what it goes that kind of was just reminded me of what we're talking about like when when I was talking about, well, what can I, what can I do? Like, or just trying, trying to do something fun or positive, or it's, it's rewarding or interesting to you. You can't, it can't be in Tahiti now, or for me, Italy. I want to be, you know, I want to, I want to always, always, that's where I like to be. Uh, so what, well, what can I do? But I think some of it is like going back to like, cause I, you know, um, I, there's a lot of these things like, oh, if, if people just stopped drinking lattes or if people stopped, stopped with, you know, watching so much Netflix, they would, you know, all their financial problems would go away. And of course, the counter to that is like, well, Netflix is only $15 a month. And I've been thinking about that in terms of like, well, it's not because what you're talking about is, is an intentional investment in ourselves of time and energy. And so I thought about this the other day. I'm like, it's not the $15 a month that's probably as impactful as it is the number of hours you're spending consuming something that's not taking you toward whatever it is your, your purpose in life is. You know, we need time to just unplug and relax and have fun. But if, if you're spending a hundred hours a month or whatever the number is consuming maybe terrible shows <laughs> like breaking bad, I love it, but it's depressing, you know? Uh, <laughs> There was a time when all my stuff was going on. I tried watching that. I'm like, I'm, I can't. My mom's got cancer. I can't watch this story about this guy with cancer. I, I didn't even get past the first episode because I'm like, I, I don't need this in my brain. But like what you're talking about is like making an intentional investment in ourselves to like whether it's taking time or creating some space for meditation, creating some space for exercise, organizing your meal preparation or choices around things that nourish us versus make us sick. And that, that, that requires choice. Right. And, and, and that's sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's like hard, it's hard, but the habit, the healthy habits build on each other, which is, you know, the more of that you do, then the, the easier it is to have more of it in your life, I guess. Yeah, I love what you just said. You said intentional investment in your life. And I think that's, um, I think that I, I love that phrase. That's that's really um, important that we, yeah, that we, we're not just mindlessly, you know, watching the hours go by because hours turn into to, to days that turn into months that turn into years, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so this idea of uh, being intentional about what we're doing. So I mean, yeah. Do you need to relax at night? Sure. Put on a Netflix. Like that's, that's fine. You know, it, it, but maybe it's problematic whenever you've done nothing but that for a month. Right. Was, was there a time during the pandemic where I maybe watched a Netflix for a month? Yes, there is. Um, but yes. you know, like that's, that, that is, that is what it is. So, uh, but, um, I think what's, what's really nice, um, about positive psychology is we can make these intentional investments with very small amounts of energy, like, you know, 
what, what does bring you joy? Like what does, you know, make life worth living for you? Is it having a conversation with your kids? Is it going for a walk? Is it, you know, getting down on the floor and playing with your dog for a second? You know, like, is it, is it hanging out with a friend? You know, like there's a lot of, of, of very small ways, um, that we can, we have the power to, 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 to do in our lives right now. We don't necessarily need to wait to win the lottery. We don't need to wait for retirement. We don't need to wait until we have, you know, the perfect career to do these things. Like happiness is in little, little bits and spurts. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, and they are, they are bits and spurts that we can choose um, that we can say, this is something that I am going to do for myself right now. I think, and I think sometimes too, like you said, like I won't be happy until I have this amount of money or until I retire or until I get to this destination. And, you know, I, I, my friends and my, the listeners, they know I like to travel and there were a lot of years I, I didn't get to travel and I, and even now when I can't travel, I, well, during the pandemic, I had to cancel, I had to cancel, like everybody canceled a lot of trips and I could, I, I was supposed to go to Italy with my family and do all these things. And, and so I satisfied that drive to have that, the experiences and the things I like about, about being there by diving into a bunch of art history books that I was curious about and learning about things that I'll later, I, you know, hopefully will later go see. And then when I could go to the art museum, I, our art museum, I go there or I go to our parks and libraries when I'm missing things about travel because it gives me a taste of that. And there were years and years and years of my life where that's all I had. That's, that's, I couldn't, I couldn't go be in Europe. So I would go look at the paintings that showed me those places here (laughs) for free. Um, yeah. So, uh, one other thing, like I, um, gratitude is a big thing too. Like my, um, my son and I, and kids are great for that. You know, when, when my my son was younger, we would do this thing as we drove to school and say, just talk about what we were grateful for. And he just always surprised me. Like one day it was dark and dreary and gray and just one of those February days where you're just like, yuck. <laughs> and I was like, what are you grateful for today, buddy? And he's like, well, I'm grateful for the rain because it's going to water all the flowers and pretty soon it'll be springtime and the flowers will have water. And he went on and on and on about the flowers that were going to come in like 30 or 45 days because of this rain. And and I, it just brought me so much joy that that's what he saw. He, he didn't see what I was seeing. It just... Uh, but yeah, just thinking about, and, and I, so we, we did that for years and years and years. And it was always, um, it always lit me up hearing what he was excited about uh, or what he chose to be grateful for. I love that. That's so, that's so neat. Um, that's yeah, we, we, um, I mean, yeah, gratefulness, gratitude is, is another, um, uh, thing where we, we do see, we see brain changes whenever people practice gratitude regularly. Um, whenever you make a habit, of being grateful, um, you tend to start looking for things to be grateful for. 
so then suddenly like, yeah, you, you can be uh, very appreciative of, of the rainy days because you know that, you know, that's gonna, that's gonna have flowers and you're going to be grateful <laughs> yeah. for flowers someday. So yeah, no, this, this idea of creating habits, creating these, these trains in your brain that, you know, are going to, to go to, to good places um, is just, is really nice. I, I keep trying to do a gratitude journal um, and I keep forgetting about it. Like, I'll be like, okay, here we go. It's January. I'm going to do a gratitude <laughs> journal and I do it for like two weeks. And then it's not even like, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm great. It's like, I just forget. And then it's like October and I'm like, oh, hey, it's my gratitude journal. <laughs> like, so I, I need to figure out a better system to, to be grateful. But um, yeah, and I think um, it's really creating, you know, like I said, like being grateful for things on a regular basis helps us to, to be grateful, to, have to see things to be grateful for, to, to seek out things to be grateful for. Um, and I think, well, and I, I think all of these, um, I don't know if they necessarily have a, a shadow side, but um, you're going to see, you know, you might see changes sometimes and you might not see changes uh, with all of these things. And, you know, it's totally okay if you are doing your gratitude journal, um, not like I do it, but like most people do it, you're doing your gratitude journal. And then, you know, you have some days and you're just like, this isn't, this isn't working for me. Take a break from it. Like yeah. we, we get used to things. Novel things are interesting to humans. Um, well, mm-hmm. and all animals, novel things are, are, are interesting. Um, and routine things tend to get boring. So the second things start to like really, uh, get boring or stop holding your interest. You don't need to do that anymore. It doesn't need to be a chore. Once things mm-hmm. become a chore, then that kind of goes against what we're we're trying to 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 do uh, to change change our brains to to think more about about you know um, these these this happiness um, uh, areas. But uh, you know we need to 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 be okay with that sometimes you might need to change up your routines. And that's, yeah, that's why I love that, that how of happiness book, because it gives you all of these different tools and strategies to, uh, to, to really switch things up um, and, um, and think about, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do gratitude for, for now. And then I'm going to meditate for a while. And then maybe I'm going to, you know, um, you know, sleep for make sure that sleep is a good focus for me, or, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to do, there's a lot of different ways that we can approach um, this idea of changing our brain to uh, have better perspectives on, on happiness. Yeah, no, I, I love all that. And I'm going to try to bullet point these in the show notes for people, but I think like you had some good points there, like, you know, finding lots of different means in your life and practices that sometimes they like, they're like seasons, they go in and out. And like, now I'm, like you said, now I'm doing this and Next month I'll do that, and it doesn't have to be on a schedule. But just if it's not bringing you joy anymore, or if it's not lighting you up, then switch to something, switch to something different. But making sure, just like I mentioned broccoli earlier, if if it's switching up your diet so you're not eating the same thing all the time, but you're eating nutritious things all you know as much as you can, uh, or overwhelmingly. Um, so that you're you're giving your mind in this case uh, the nourishment it needs, but also and then also taking care of your body because, like you said, they're they're connected. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to bullet point these in the notes and then highlight the the some of the books you talked about. But I think 
um, I think that's what we came back is like, you know, we need to like thinking about this as something we're actively working on for ourselves, for our growth. Cause there's a, there's a lot of things that, that are just counter to happiness, whether it's just the per perpetual materialism and perpetual negative comparisons on social media and bad news or news in general. So we have to like protect ourselves and give ourselves tools to like, I guess, thrive wherever we can to, to, in, in, in the better we can be then and we can hopefully then make an impact in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a really um, succinct way of, of, of going at this. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's so much negative. I mean, good news doesn't make any splashes. So that's not going to be what the media yeah. covers, you know, like we got to, um, and it's, it's hitting us all the time. Like we're, we're, we as humans, we're not built to, to have the amount of negativity that's thrown at us on a, you know, minute by minute basis in some cases. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, stepping back from that and, um, and, and thinking about, you know, what are, what are the things that, that bring me joy? What are, what is my purpose in life? What are the things that I really, you know, um, that I can control are, are all interconnected and interwoven to, to get us to this place where we, we can, we can be, you know, happier. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what we want. <laughs> we, we, we don't know how long we're here. We want to feel like we're contributing. We want to feel happy. We want to like help other people in our lives. And then the, the more we strengthen our own, you know, or, or, or not strengthen ourselves, but um, I don't know, the, the best version of ourselves we can try to be, it helps everybody in our life and hopefully hopefully makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, this is so fun. You're I'm, I'm uh, envious and jealous in a, in a, in a good way or positive way about of your, of your students for getting exposed to this at such a young age. I didn't have any exposure to any of this kind of stuff until post-college. And I kind of stumbled upon some of the sort of like pop psychology of like, you know, Brian Tracy and some of that kind of stuff. And they touch on some of this stuff, but like, I, I was really hungry for it post-college and what a, what a great time to, 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 to get to expose people to that. And that must bring a lot of joy and satisfaction to you. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely is. Well, it's funny that you say that because I have students who are, you know, juniors and, and seniors in this class and they're just like, Oh, I wish I'd taken this earlier. And it's just like, everybody yeah. wants wants all of this earlier in their lives they, they're just mm -hmm. like oh this is just this could really change my outlook well and the other thing about all of this stuff is I really you know you learn about it you're excited about it and I'd love to, to know where they are in like a year or two years to see if they're they're still you know actually putting into practice some of these things you know because I think that's that's part of it as well is remembering that you learned all of this and remembering how you know, how impactful it was and, and continually coming back to it. I'm lucky because I get to teach the class, you know, every year. So I get re-exposed to it every year, but uh, for, for other people, you have to be pretty intentional about seeking it out and, and, mm -hmm. you know, and being influenced by it. What, and I think, I think about my own life, you know, like uh, I, I think some of the lessons I got from teachers and mentors and coaches there were things that uh, a, a little passing comment a teacher made sometimes in eighth grade that I, that will make sense to me when I hit 45. I'm like, ah, that's, <laughs> that's what he meant. So like, I, I, you know, you're, you're like, 
you're like planting seeds in these in in people that might not germinate for 20 or 30 years and pops out when they're going through a tough time or when they're when their parents or who knows so and you may you probably won't know the vast majority of them but you're you're doing uh your your legacy will will uh will germinate in in people that you may not even know for years and years from now which is really cool yeah, well, I, I certainly hope so. That's certainly one of my big goals in life. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 what I'm hoping for. <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Marcia. I really, really appreciate your time. Uh, there's so many fun things here, and I hope, I hope uh, everyone that's listening, you'll you'll dive into some of these things. Find a book. Get a you know, listen, to, look for other podcasts or audiobooks and dive into some of these tools and try some of them and just just see how see how it uh, how it helps you. Um, as you go through life and, and your journey. Marsha, well, thank you so much. I super appreciate you and uh, hope you have a Thank you for wonderful, having me. It's been great. Yeah, yeah. So have a, have a good uh, rest of your day. <laughs> Thanks so much.
Thank mm-hmm. you.